Welcome to the Toss Mills Odoi Macarius podcast. Toss Mills Odoi is an apostle, teacher, and a sought-after speaker in international Christian leadership conferences. He is the son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Mills, who is the founder of the United Denominations and a best-selling author. With over 20 years' experience in church planting around the world and in the training and sending of missionaries, Apostle Toss currently serves at the Kadesh in Accra, Ghana, a vibrant church seeking to win the lost at all cost. He is also a director in the Dagwood Mills Ministries. Now, listen to Toss Mills Odoi. I went I hope I never say I regret the way I lived I hope I never say Please let me go back I don't wanna say Can I go back to do some more I, I don't want to say I want to go back I don't want to say I want to go back I don't want to say I want to go back When I get to heaven I'll roam the streets and the highways I'll walk the lanes I'll see the heroes of the faith I'll compare myself to those who shine like the stars And receive crowns I hope I never say I regret the way I lived I hope I never say Please let me go back I don't wanna say Can I go back to do some more I, I don't wanna say I wanna go back I don't wanna say I wanna go back I don't wanna say I wanna go back When you get to heaven You see your friends and the folk from church the first will be last And then the last will be the first 
first And I hope you'll be among the last who become the first I hope you never say you regret the way you lived I hope you never say that you wanna go back you don't wanna say could you go back to do some more no 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 you don't wanna say you wanna go back you don't wanna say you wanna go back you don't wanna say you wanna go back conference this morning such a blessing it's been awesome you know the responses the blessings the comments you know that uh, we are receiving from you how much these um, conferences have been a blessing and i want to just say hallelujah to god we praise him for what wonderful mighty things he's doing and i also i am greatly encouraged as i hear your testimonies your show of um love and appreciation uh, for uh, the benefits you are receiving from these teachings before i pray i want to make it clear and i want to say that i'm only teaching from the books of bishop dag heward mills and um, who is bishop dag heward mills he's a pastor from ghana that god has raised to the apex of the body of christ worldwide he's a father to many nations in the body of christ not just his own denomination he started but um pastors of other denominations have found him to be a great father by learning from him you know by drawing inspiration from him by using his books 
you know, um, especially these books on loyalty, they've um, greatly helped many churches to be stable and to grow his books on church growth. You know, this book I'm, I've been sharing from Tuesday from the mega church is one of the books in the um, um, church growth series. And it's been a great blessing to many pastors around the world. At this time, I would like to encourage you, if you are watching it, I need you to share um, this page to a pastor friend of yours to watch it and learn. This morning, I'm going to share with you about how to start a church. You know, the practical ways to how to start a church. And I know, you know, according to the burden of Duma, you know, that the Bible said that the word of the Lord came to Duma. You know, the burden of the Lord came to Duma in Isaiah 21. He said, Watchman, what time of the night is it? Watchman, what of the night or what time of the night is it? And he said, the morning comes. You see, we focus on the morning, but the truth is, he ends by saying that the morning comes and then the night. Prophetically, I know that what is happening is that we are in a night season, but this night season is a warning. This night season is also a preparation. You see, when you have a factory or an industry, what happens is that in the night, they shut down. They don't work. But what it is is, they don't do some kind of work. But in the night, they prepare the factory for the morning. So they oil the machines, they clean the factory floor, they repair uh, machines that are broken down, they set up the place for the morning. But you see, the watchman said, the morning comes and the night comes again. What he was trying to say was that even though the morning is coming, there's going to be another time coming when we will not be able to work. And I feel that the second night that is coming will be a permanent night. I feel that this night season we are in, what is the night? The night is when no one works. This night season we are in is in preparation for a last harvest. You know, I told many people who were with me that this coronavirus thing that's happening with the lockdowns and everything will end after Easter. Yes, Yes, I said it. You know, and it has come to pass exactly as I said that as soon as Easter ended, you see that countries are beginning to relax their lockdown things. I I heard on BBC the other day that the churches in Italy are suing the government that they want to reopen again, that there's no reason for them to be closed. So the morning is coming and the night will come again. There will come another time where we cannot work again. And I believe that God has also used this night season as a warning to the body of Christ. You see, that we should be diligent, we should be faithful. You know, we should work with all our might, all our soul, all our spirits, all our strength. Hallelujah. And one of the things we must do when the morning comes is to start churches everywhere. (laughs) Amen. And so that's why I feel led in my spirits to share with you about how to start a church. You know, and I'll be sharing once again from this book, The Mega Church by Bishop Dagwood Mills. By calling, I am consecrated as an apostle. An apostle is different from a bishop. A bishop is a pastor. But an apostle is one who is sent to start church. He, he, he's a saint one. You know, and so um, that's my primary function. Amen. So I must know what I'm talking about, but it's also a teaching that I'm coming to actualize and practicalize to you because when the morning comes, dear pastor, you must give your strength to the starting of churches everywhere and anywhere. You see, sometimes we pray more than we should pray. 
when Jesus was sending us, he said, go ye into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to the uttermost part of the earth. Jesus didn't say, go here, then go here. They said, everywhere is where we are supposed to go. You know, so I need you, if you are watching me now, to share this link to another pastor, friend of yours. I know that pastors walk around in groups and pastors are friends. You know, so I want you to share this group, this um, link to your pastor friends on Facebook, to your pastor friends on WhatsApp, form a watch party. Let them watch. It is meant to be a blessing. This conference is free. It's an online conference, but it is as real as if you were sitting here because as, see, as I'm speaking, I can almost see the people I am speaking to. And I know that it's um, a great blessing. You know, I see um, Asimwe Beatrice watching from Uganda. I see um, Pastor Abhishek Bowangi from India watching. You know, I see Cooper Chris. I don't know where he's from. He's from some country somewhere in the world. You know, I need you to send this link and share it so that other people can also watch and be blessed. I see Abraham Masasi again. Pastor Abraham, I see you watched yesterday and you are watching again today. May God bless you and may he shower his grace upon you. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for another blessed opportunity to share your word and to hear your word and to be blessed. Let the entrance of your word bring light and understanding. May we be imparted with your spirit and your anointing to start churches and not just to start churches but to be successful at starting churches i pray for every pastor watching me lord let them start a series of churches i pray for denominations to be birthed by the teaching that will be heard today use the words of my mouth to bring a revival to many nations in the mighty name of jesus i pray with thanksgiving amen hallelujah so this morning, I'm sharing from chapter 7 of this book, the Mega Church, chapter 7, how to start a church. <laughs> you see, it sounds basic, it sounds easy, but you know, Jesus Christ said, which you concern ourselves with the simplicity of the gospel. Paul, Paul said, you know, that he, he, he concerned himself with the simplicity of the gospel. Jesus Christ said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, for example, when you buy an equipment and you are struggling to open the box or you are struggling to set it up, you are struggling to unscrew it, it is usually because you are not doing something well. Now, everything that is manufactured is meant to be used in a very easy, practical, step-by-step guide. If only you would do it the right way. Usually, there's a little button somewhere where you just press it everything will work so as you are hitting a mobile phone to cause the box to open it's because you are just not seeing something that as soon as you touch it slightly it will work the work of god is the same you see jesus has told us that it is the holy spirit that doeth the work not us and the holy spirit is like oil you know if you look at the books on the anointing steps to the anointing catch the anointing the sweet influences of the holy spirit and then um some some of the new books on the anointing like um flow in the anointing the anointing and the presence this one here steps to god's presence 
this beautiful one here flow in the anointing you will see that one of the uh, typologies or the symbols used for um and the anointing is oil one of the things about oil is that oil makes things easy when you are anointed what you do will be easy (laughs) you see if you knew if you knew what the anointing would do for you what the anointing can do for you you will spend your life you spend your time engaging the holy spirit in whatever it is you are doing amen he said my yoke is easy my burden is light you see by the anointing jesus raised up a four-day-old man as easily as he was eating yokegari or as easily as he was eating chicken and chips he just wanted to stand at the grave you know for many pastors like me when they start to pray for the sick you see us we go with our team of prayer warriors wearing ties and suits and they surround the dead body and start praying in tongues depending on where you are you know there's there there's a new group of prayer warriors when they are praying they turn their head in circles like this i wonder how they don't get dizzy <laughs> you see the bible says if the axe be blunt then he must put to more strength you see, when you are not sharp, you use a lot of physical strength. But he said that wisdom is profitable to direct. The more anointed you are, the easier it will be for things to work for you. That I want to teach you about how to start a church. How does this teaching relate to the anointing? You see, the Bible says that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will teach you. Teaching activates the anointing. The primary work of the anointing is to teach. The Bible says that Isaiah prophesied, he said, by the churning of milk, butter is produced. Milk is the word of God. Butter is the anointing. The more you work with the word of God, the more anointed you become. I question the anointing of anyone who is anointed but doesn't have the word of God. Because it is by the churning of milk or the working of the word that the anointing is produced. Amen. How to start a church? It will produce the anointing to start a church easily number one 10 steps to start a church if we finish in time i'll share with you about 25 reasons why you must have a mega church you see it is not enough to have a church or to start a church your church must be big yeah your church must grow when god started his church with adam and eve he gave them a commandment to multiply and fill the earth. God was not content with a small church. God wanted a full church. The earth is God's church building. He said, heaven is thy throne and the earth is thy footstool. The earth is God's church building. So when he started his church with Adam and Eve, he said, fill the earth or fill the church. Amen. Number one, first step is to count the cost count the cost look <laughs> if that i say this because of our humanness starting a church is a difficult thing that is why many people don't like starting churches many pastors prefer to break up another person's church to start their church 
But you see, that thing activates the law of sowing and reaping. And that is why anybody who starts a church by breaking somebody's church, they always have their churches being broken up after. In fact, there's a certain church, and as I travel around the world doing my work, I found it probably to be the church that has been broken up the most. In every nation I go to, usually the four biggest charismatic churches are breakaways from that particular church. But you see, it is because when they are starting their church in a nation, they start by breaking up many churches that they came to meet to start their own church. And always, always, their church ends up being broken up several times as the years go by. There's no need to break up someone's church to start your church. If God has called you, if God has anointed you, if God has spoken to you to start your church, all that you need is yourself. I'll show you. The difference between the spirit of Jesus and the spirit of Lucifer. When God sent Jesus to earth, he came alone. He didn't come with any angel. It is the Father who sent the Holy Spirit and angels to be with him. But Lucifer, when he was sacked from heaven, he went with one third of the angels. Anybody who takes people away from other people's church, no matter what he says, no matter what dream he has, no matter what vision he has, is operated by the spirit of Lucifer. And that is why their churches never work. And I'll say it again. When Jesus was coming to earth, he came alone. He was giving birth to alone. He didn't even come with the Holy Spirit. It is afterwards that the Father sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus came alone. He didn't come with anyone. But Lucifer, when he was leaving heaven, he left one third of the angels who are today all fallen angels that we cast out all the time. Amen. So, think about it. Can you do it? Are you prepared to pay the price? The difficulty of engaging the enemy, Satan. Because, you know, Jesus Christ said, you cannot go to a strong man's house and go and plunder his goods. But first, you must bind not a weak man, but a strong man. So when you are starting a church, you should understand that it is like going into Satan's kingdom to go and take some of his captives. You must be sure that you know what you are getting yourself engaged in. The difficulties. And if you fight against Satan, you should expect him to fight back. I mean, who are you that you can attack Satan but he shouldn't attack you back? So be sure about it and prepare yourself. The Bible says that you should not be a novice. Lest as Satan attacks you, you fall. You see, so think about it. That this church I'm going to start, am I ready for a long battle? For your church to work, it's going to take a lifetime of commitment, of hard work. If you are lazy, I want to counsel you to abandon your church starting agenda. If you are lazy. I mean, I would like to advise you not to even count the cost. Just give up now. Church starting is not for lazy people. The number one cause of failure in church planting is laziness. Because you will be engaged spiritually and physically. Jesus was not a lazy man. (laughs) So tired was he after working hard that in the midst of turbulence on the ocean, he was fast asleep. (sighs) 
Some of you are so lazy, you cannot even sleep at night. You are awake because your body is not tired. The ministry is not for lazy people. When Elijah was looking for a successor, the Bible said that he found a plowing man. He found a hard-working man called Elisha. When Jesus was looking for apostles and disciples, he found people who were already working. They were fishermen. They were hard-working people. He saw Matthew at the seat of custom. He was working. Jesus employed workers. He didn't employ unemployed people. The ministry is not for unemployed people who don't have anything to do. The ministry is for hard-working people who have decided to answer a call to obey God. So count the cost. Think about it well. The fasting it involves, the evangelism it will take. You're walking from house to house. Night after night of staying up to pray. Fasting. You know, working hard. Not being with your family when you would like to be with them. Count the cost. Think about it. So you don't come and grumble one day that God has spoiled your life. God is not in the business of spoiling lives. So the first step is to count the cost. Amen. Number two. Do not become desperate. (laughs) Do not become financially desperate. That you see the church as a source of the solution to all your financial problems. You, you will be disappointed very quickly because as you start a church, you will rather find out that your early church members will be rather coming to you for money. <laughs> yeah. Because God has chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith. So don't become financially desperate. And Bishop teaches in the book that you, at the start of your church, you should probably become a lay pastor so that you are not financially dependent on the church. Also, when you start a church, people are suspicious. That why is he doing the church? The devil has studied the image of pastors. That pastors are greedy buffoons who are looking for money and are trying to take advantage from poor church members and ordinary church members. You know, and that the pastor wants to melt the flock of their riches. So it would do you a lot of good to, be, to become a lay pastor. You know, I remember when I was sent to Gambia. I was full time. But when I got there, I was advised to go lay to find a job. And I did. I can tell you that a lot of my first deep ministerial experiences was as a lay pastor, not as a full time pastor. My first camp meeting I had was as a lay pastor, not as a full time pastor. My office became like a church office. My, comp- my computer in the office was for you to send church reports. A lot of counseling was done there because I went so well, my boss gave me favor. You see, so a lot of the church members would come there for counseling. I mean, of course, not during working hours, but as one had finished, we also used the opportunity to serve God. So don't rely on the church for all your financial needs to be met. Also because at the early stage of your church, the church would need money to become established. To pay rent, to buy instruments, buy drums, take care of the needs of the church, even to buy land and to build. You see, you should have it as an aim as a pastor that your church will have a building. You see, but if you are dependent, and building is expensive. If you are depending on the church to pay your salary, your children's school fees, to buy you a car, it would even affect how you take offerings. And at the beginning of your church, you don't want your members to feel that you are in it for their money. 
Amen. So it is important. Take a decision. Go lay. If there are 30 people in your church, how can 30 people support a pastor's upkeep? You put yourself in the shoes of your church members. Would you like the picture you are painting for them? You know, and at this time, I want to say that one of the reasons why I'm also teaching this at this time is that, dear pastor, when this lockdown lifts, you must be able to train people and send them to go and start branches of your church. You see, if as it is now, they are only dependent on one branch of your church, I'm sure you can see that your church is almost collapsing. There is a reason why Jesus Christ said, start a church in Jerusalem, but start a branch in Judea, start another branch in Samaria, and then start branches in the uttermost parts of the earth. The more branches you have, the more secure your church will be. Jesus said, I am the vine. And you are the branch. No! He said, you are the branches. God expects us to start branches of our church. God expects that from the one church, you should have several other churches of your church. Amen. Amen. And history and statistics have shown that denominations or churches that have a lot of branches are a million times more stable than churches that have only one branch. Amen. Number three. The third step you should know in starting a church is that having two or three people is enough. You. <laughs> you see, this is where many pastors don't get it. We see the huge churches on television and we assume that as soon as we start, this is how our church will be over the next few months. And that is where the desperation comes in. And now people begin to go and steal people's church members. But I have good news for you. <coughs> Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 18 verse 20. He said, For where there are two or three gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. You only need two or three people to say that you have a church. Look, I am not saying that your church should have two or three people. That is not what I'm saying. We are talking about how to start a church. We are not talking about how to grow a church. Like I was telling you, if I have time, and I think I will not have time, maybe you need to get this book for yourself and study about it. He said that we are talking about how to start a church. There's another teaching, 25 reasons why you must have a mega church that a mega church is a church in the thousands so your church should start with two or three don't be desperate when jesus came he came alone then he walked by the seaside and called peter and james two then they became three then the bible said and the next day or on the morrow as he was walking he saw james and john fishing with their father and he called them and said follow me i'll make you fishers of men and then from three, they became five. He was one. Then they became three. Then they became five. Then the next day, he also called Philip and Nathaniel. Then they became seven. And he kept on growing his church until he had the pillars for his church. Then at the point in Matthew chapter five, they were, he had sent for the twelve. Then the next one, he sent for the seventy. So you see that Jesus' church was growing. And by the time he was died, the Bible said that there were 200 people he told to go and wait for him in the upper room of, of course. A lot of them didn't stay. So if a church, some of the members don't stay, don't worry. In Jesus' church, not all of them stay. 
And on the day of Pentecost, there were 120. So you could see that Jesus' church was growing from two or three. Then it multiplied. So what it is today, and Christianity is said to have over 1.2 billion um, worshippers. Amen. So don't be desperate. The worst mistake you can do is to break up somebody's church to start your church. Because I can tell you, the members you steal from somebody's church will not be your church members. Hallelujah. Number four. Where are we? Yes. Number four. Don't be in a hurry. Do not be in a hurry. Take your time. Martin Mulenga from South Africa. Martin Mulenga from South Africa. God bless you for watching. And for your comments, it's a blessing to see you watching. Encourage your friends to watch. Don't be in a hurry. Proverbs 28, 22. He that hastes or is in a hurry to be rich, or he that is in a hurry for his church to grow, has an evil eye, and considers not that poverty shall come upon him. He has an evil eye. You see, when you are starting the church, I remember when I was first sent to start a church in Senegal, Dakar. And one day I was discouraged. So I called my pastor, I called Bishop, I rang him and said, Bishop, as we were talking, I said, No, the church is growing very slowly. This, that, that. Then he told me that ministry is not a sprint, ministry is like a long distance race. You see, the way you run a sprint is different from the way you run a long-distance race. When you are running 100 meters, from the beginning, you start with all your might from the start to the end. And they'll even tell you that the one who lost, he started 0.05 seconds late. But in 1,500 meters, the one who starts with speed is the one who loses the race. Yes. When it's a long distance, there's something they call, call, they say, you pace yourself. You take your time. You don't sprint in a long distance. And ministry is a long distance. Ministry is not a convention. Ministry is like a camp meeting. It's days, it's long. So you start slowly and build up capacity. Build up stamina. You, You dig yourself deep for the long haul. And I remember when I was in Senegal, I tell you, when I entered the country, I couldn't believe it. One day, I sent Bishop an email and I told him that I am like a deaf and dumb person because they speak French and Jola, Wolof. And I'm an English speaker. When my mother took me to Alliance Francaise as a child, I didn't take it seriously. So I couldn't speak French. So what happened was, when I go for evangelism, and I speak. They can't understand me. So I'm, like a de- so I'm like a dumb person. When they also speak, I can't understand them. So I'm like a deaf person. Yeah. But I have to take my time. So I gave myself to prayer. And I gave myself to learning the language. French. So I learned how to speak French by memorizing the French Bible. It's called the Louis Segon. That's the French version of the King James Bible. So, I still know French and I speak French. But the French I speak is Bible French. It is not street French or educated French. For example, 
the verses you use for evangelism and preaching, like John 3.16. I looked at it in the French Bible and I memorized it. Dieu a tant aimé le monde qu'il a donné son fils unique. Dans le fin que qui conquiert croit en lui et ne perdait point, mais qui est la vie éternelle. Yes! That's John 3.16 in French. <laughs> That's John 3.16 in French. But I can assure you, I don't understand what I've said. But I know that when I say it to a French speaker, he has heard for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not pray but have everlasting life. And Romans 3, 23, and all those critics, I memorize them word for word in French without knowing the French meaning. I was not in a hurry. I needed to be able to communicate with the people directly. What happened? Other pastors came from other countries of the world and they saw me as an idiot because I was praying. I couldn't find a place to meet because Senegal is 99% people from another religion who don't like Christianity. So, you have to be careful and understand what it is you are doing. So, I remember that for the first six months, I didn't start the church. I was praying and I felt so unaccomplished. I felt like a failure because when you started, when you go to a country within two weeks or so, you should be able to send a message to the headquarters that you have started a church. But I couldn't because I saw through diligence and perspicacity that what was happening was that when you rent a place for church, they will take your money and give you the place. As soon as you start a church, they will come and tell you that you didn't tell them you were going to use their place for church. So they are very sorry you have to leave. But they'll refund your money to you. And I can assure you that you will get your money back the day that Jesus returns to the earth for the second time. That the same day you will get your money. <laughs> so I was watching as pastors would come and they would hear there was a missionary from Ghana. Within two weeks, they rented the place and started the church. And within one month, they are back in their country. Having been sad, they lost their money. So I was not in a hurry. You should not be a hurry. That, that is in the next thing. You should not be in a hurry. Dear pastor, as you are sending people, encourage them not to be in a hurry. Encourage them that they can make it. Encourage them that the church will work. Encourage them that God is with them. Encourage them that Jesus said, I will build my church and Jesus will build his church through them. Do not rush your missionaries into failure. Do not rush your missionaries into failure. As we are sending them, encourage them. Pray for them. Tell them that they have your backing. Tell them that you are supporting them. Tell them that you are in it with them and that it will work. Do not be in a hurry. When you are in a hurry, you will make mistakes. Surely, you will make mistakes. And remember, 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 remember that when Jesus came to earth, he was not in a hurry to start his ministry. Yes. <laughs> he was not in a hurry to start his ministry. He was on earth for a long time. He knew who he was. He never started until the Holy Spirit came. Jesus was not in a hurry. Do not be in a hurry as well. And your church will work. Dig deep. You will be in it for a long time. And at the end, you will be happy. You will smile. You will be successful. In the name of Jesus. Number five. Number five. Fifth step in starting a church. Pray for and recruit pillars. You see, you should understand that 
you cannot do the church alone. <laughs> you know, as you start a church, let me tell you something. The greatest battle you fight is the battle of loneliness. <laughs> and being alone. Yeah. So, recruit pillars who will be with you. The Bible says that can two work together except they be agreed? The Bible says that if two people are walking in one fold, the other will pick him up. And a threefold cord cannot be easily broken. So always get two or three people to be with you. Amen. But of course, the worst mistake you can do is to, <laughs> is to have a team that is divided. And you know, maybe one day if we go into missions and how to be successful in missions, there are deep practical truths that you even have to consider further like the wives of missionaries and the wives of your team members you know the wives can quarrel and destroy their mission so but that's for another day but i'm just saying that pray for pillars people who will stand and support you people who believe in you jesus prayed all night the bible says and then in the morning he chose 12 people that they may be with him and that he might send them if jesus needed pillars then you will also need pillars. So as you are going to start your church, pray for pillars, supporters to be with you. In uh, Mark chapter 1 verse 16, the Bible says that, now as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, and Jesus said unto them, come ye after me, and I will make you become fishers of men. If you jump down to Galatians chapter 2 verse 9. Now remember that it was these same guys. Paul said of them that now when James, Peter and John who seemed to be pillars. Everything you are doing you need pillars. From experience I have learned that there is no undertaking I make at all. Even in obedience to God without first recruiting pillars. First step recruit pillars. I remember when I was um, um, got into problems with the government of India and I was sent to Bangladesh to start a church. The first thing I did was to recruit pillars. I went with a team of four people who got married with their wives. We became eight. And before the wives came, I had preemptive, strong worded admonition and advice talks about peace on the mission field and i tell you as my pillars and i dwelt together the the mission grew grew within a year we had four branches all of them thriving with hundreds of people literally you know not ghanians who had migrated there pure bangladesh bangladesh is the only country i've been to where there are no ghanians <laughs> yeah Everybody in the church is a Bangladeshi. Pillars make a difference. Before you do well, make sure that you have recruited your pillars and the blessing of the Lord will be with you. Number six, lay a foundation of prayer. You know, (laughs) you should understand that there's no ministry without prayer. The Bible says of Jesus, our high priest, he said that he ever lived to make intercession for the greatest activity of ministry is prayer. When you are going to start the church and you don't pray, 
I would advise you not to start it. You know, when I look back, my six months of prayer for the church in Senegal, I left Senegal for some months. There was no church there. But you'll be surprised that some of the foundational members who were with me are still in the church today. After like four or five different leadership changes over almost 20 years. 2001 to now, 19 years. Prayer builds a strong foundation. Amen. And Bishop recommends fasting and praying for three weeks prior to starting your church. Remember that when Jesus came, he fasted and prayed for 40 days before starting his ministry. He never bothered to start until he had fasted and prayed. And that only came after he had seen that God had anointed him to start a church. He now went to fast and pray to start a church. But you and I, you know how we do it. As soon as we send a presence of God, we move. That is not wisdom. Eight prayers you should pray when starting a church. One, Lord, thy will be done. Because you see, Jesus Christ said, I will build my church. The perfect will of God is to build his church. Number two, thy kingdom come. You should understand that the church is the kingdom of God, not your kingdom. That is why sometimes pastors die so that the kingdom of God can move on because it is becoming like his personal property. And God doesn't like that. It is almost like you are taking God's kingdom. <laughs> Number three, ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thy inheritance. You pray. Psalm 2 verse 8, Matthew chapter 6 verse 10, ask God. Number four, enlarge my coast. Your church must grow. Your church must grow. Your church must grow. Your church must grow. But you cannot make it grow yourself. Paul said, I have planted Apollo's water, but God gave the increase. But God gave the increase. Look, you know, if you've been a pastor for a while and you're experienced, one of the things you will see is that when you work very hard, that is when the least people come to church. And sometimes when you rather not work hard, then a lot of people come. I remember going to church one Wednesday night many years ago and as I was invited to preach, I was sitting in front. So when I was invited to preach and I went to the front and I turned, I, I burst out laughing. I couldn't control myself. And I asked them, why have you come to church today? <laughs> because the whole room was full and overflowing and I didn't know why. You will learn that it is God who gives the increase. So it, is Im- so it is important to engage God and to engage the God factor in prayer. I'm just going to say this as an example. But you don't know that the whole of last night I've been in my study before I'm standing here praying. At the point I even fell asleep. But I've been praying the whole night just to be here because I am aware that it is not by might or by power. But all a special gift of speaking or your arbitrary skills but it is by the spirit of God that anything will become successful. Amen. Next prayer topic increase them with men like a flock. You ask God, he said this one thing will I be inquired of by the house of Israel to do it for them. To do it for them. God said I will do it for you. God said I will do it for you. Now God said if you ask of me I will do it for you. Then I will increase them with men like a flock. Hallelujah. Isaiah 66 verse 8. He said, 
For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. You know, this verse also shows that Zion is not bringing forth her children because she is not travailing. (laughs) Yes. You see a father whose church is not growing. Nine out of ten, he is not praying. Nine out of ten, he is not praying. Stop giving excuses and check your prayer life. Galatians chapter 4 verse 19. I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in them. Yes. You know, the whole work of the ministry is a warfare. You fight. And the first enemy is yourself. The first person you have to fight is yourself. And your new convert, you pray until Christ be formed in them. Until your new convert has become a pastor. You should not stop praying. Amen. At this time, I want us all to plant a seed into this word. I want you to take out your phone and send an offering to support and to donate and to encourage and to plant a seed in this preaching. You know, I don't want you to listen to this preaching and go away. The Bible says it is like going to a restaurant and you eat and you lick your lips and say, I have done no wrong. Amen. I want you to take your phone. There's a number on your screen. From all over the world, you can give a donation or you can pay into the PayPal account to support the work that we are doing. As you are listening to me, you are being blessed. Amen. I can see from your comments from different countries. Ankita Kamble, Tennessee, OJ. OJ, is good to see you watching. All over the world, you can give an offering and support the work that is going on. Listen, just plant a seed of five Ghana cities or five dollars or one dollar or five pounds. Anything you have to give. But as we hear the word, it is important that you sow back into the word that has been given. So they are numbered on your screen. You can send by World Remit. You can pay directly into the PayPal account of the office. You can also send by mobile money directly from anywhere in the world. You know, God is also watching your attitude towards me and towards his word. Amen. And as you appreciate the word, I'm, I'm not saying give $5,000 or $10,000. No. If God has tagged your heart, you can donate and support the ministry with $100, with $10, with $1, with 5 CDs. Anything you have to give. You know, but never say you don't have a seed. The Bible said that unto him that gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater shall also multiply your seed sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. That is why I am not saying give an offering. I'm saying plant a seed into this ministry. So you can go off for a few seconds to plant your seed with World Remit. You can send it to 0242919494 MTN Mobile Money. They're saying 0242919494 PayPal. I think it's um, Macario's office at um, gmail.com. It's going to be a great blessing as you plant a seed. You know, every check that is started is also a seed. So, uh, if you are watching, dear pastor, plant a seed for the churches you are going to start. Plant a seed for this word that I'm preaching to be sown and to bring forth fruit in your ministry. And I believe that God will bless you. Liz Charisma Mains, all the way from Cameroon. God bless you for watching. Von, von Guy Sky Amponsa, all the way from um, Lake Victoria. 
from Victoria, that's from Zimbabwe. God bless you from Lake Victoria. God bless you for watching Raj Kenny from India. God bless you. Julia Jarvis from Bowie. God bless you as well. Send the seed to encourage the word of God that's being sown and to be a blessing. You know, the Bible says that it is more blessed to give than to receive. So really, you don't need a reason to give. You should give because it is good to give. Hallelujah. Apostle Enoch, I know I see you watching as well. May the blessing of God be upon your ministry. And from today, may oil cover you and may everything become easy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We want to continue. At this time, I also want to say that all over the world and everywhere in the world, if you want these books also, just send a WhatsApp message to this number, plus 233-50. It's on your screen now. 739-8889. Or whatever Facebook account you are just watching um, this show, you can send a message to the Facebook page. Zero, uh, plus 233-50-739-8889. Everywhere in the world, we will get it to you. You can get a set of 13 new books sent to you everywhere in the world. UK, Spain, Belgium. I see people watching from Belgium, from India. You can get a set of the Macarios as well. Everywhere in the world, the books, the Mantano. These are books for serious pastors who want to raise leaders in their ministry. The word Mantano means to study or to learn. Like the Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God. All the books and products by Bishop Dikewood those are available. Once you, all you need to do is to send a WhatsApp message. There are people standing by to uh, process your order. We are not limited by the um, coronavirus. We will find a way. We will find a way to send it to you. It's going to be a great blessing to you. Hallelujah. Ah, I see Felix watching may you be blessed Kennedy and Ponsa from Turkey you know this is truly an international online conference taking place and I believe also that as you sow a seed into it God will also give you an international ministry hallelujah I see Vermontego from um, Freetown Sierra Leone may God keep you from the coronavirus outbreak there in Freetown in Jesus name Bon. Nous sommes continués. Be a motivational leader. Mais pourquoi tu penses que je parle pas français? Je parle français très bien par la grâce de Dieu. Be a motivational leader. The Bible says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. You see, look, if you understand that, you will be discouraged at the beginning of a church. Church members, you know, you should understand that the Bible says that we be no more children. At the beginning, they are spiritual babies. First Peter 2 2. As newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word. You should understand that your church members at the beginning of your church are spiritual babies. They cannot help themselves. So they will disappoint you. Think about how your children were when, when they were young. That is how your church members will also be. They may be older chronologically, 
but they are babies spiritually. And the church is, is a spiritual entity. So they will behave like how babies behave. Today they will do the right thing, tomorrow they will do the wrong thing. They will come this week, they will not come the next week. Ah, you know, I remember when um, we were in India and one day I had a meeting with some of my pastors. We had a very good laugh. One of them was saying that, you know, when we go for evangelism and follow up, the members will tell us, oh, you meet at this place. Tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, I will be there and I also come with my friend. Should I come with my friend? Yes, I'll surely be there with my friend. At the time for the church, his phone will be off. <laughs> it is the church member who will remind the pastor about the time for the church and when the church services and everything. But when it is time for the church, his phone will be off. And after church, when you go and visit him, he said, Ah, yesterday I was coming to church and my mother said I should do this. But next week, 100%, I will be there. 100%, no fail. Should I get with my friend and my two friends, my two best friends? We will all be in church. <laughs> be a motivational leader. You know, you should tell your people that these are the foundations of a church. And the Bible says, though thy beginning be small, yet thy latter end should greatly increase. You know, as you are watching it, if you have a question, you can send in your questions. We will read them and answer them from anywhere in the world. We are waiting for your questions. We really want to be a blessing to you wherever you are. So wherever you are, just send in your question about what is being preached. It's going to be a blessing to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Encourage them. Job said that though that beginning is... He tell them that this is the beginning of a great church. You should tell them that it's important for them to be in the church because a day is going to come, you'll be one of the biggest churches and anybody who needs to see you have to book an appointment. So it's good that they are part of the church now so that in the day when God blesses the church, they would already be in the church. Wow. Tell them that the Bible says that better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. Hallelujah. So it is better for them that they are here at the beginning that God himself said that those you are those who have continued with me in my tribulation i appoint you a kingdom that as they are there at the beginning they are going to be promoted at the end that the better days are ahead that better days are i think are going to become better that because god is with them they cannot feel that they should not despise the day of small things as the bible says in zechariah chapter 4 verse 10. number eight witnessing and follow up you know, when, when you are starting a church, this should be your main activity. Witnessing and follow-up. Witnessing evangelism because you are not breaking someone's church. People who break other people's churches, they don't do evangelism. They are thieves. In the book of Exodus, God warned against men stealers. Some pastors just don't have to steal members. But you don't have to steal a church member. Think about it this way. There are more people who don't go to church than those who go to church. So if you are looking for church members, why do you go to somebody's church to go and steal a church member? When for every one church member, there are hundred people who are not going to church, who are looking for a pastor. Hallelujah. And if God has called you, then be like Jesus. 
Go to the highways and the byways and pray. Recruit players. Talk to people. Let them join your church. I tell you, their commitment will be to you. I mean, if you come to my house and you see my children and you say, ah, what nice children these are. And then you talk to them and you take them to your house. Do you think that they will ever be your children? Can you be secure that these two boys who don't even look like you are your children? <laughs> they will never be your children. They will never be your children even if they live in your house. Yes. Hallelujah. So I will encourage you. Find your own children. Go. He said, I travel in bed again. I travel in bed again. I travel in bed. Traveling is difficult prayer. Dig up your fallow grounds. Get to work. Work hard. <laughs> Amen. Witness. You know, I remember once again when we went to Bangladesh. Ah, you'll be there. When I went to start a church in Bangladesh, I went alone. So when I got there, I got one person. And I said, take me to all your friends. Ah, uh, you know, in the capital, Dhaka. Not Dhaka. I've been to Dhaka and I've been to Dhaka. <laughs> Look, the traffic is so terrible in Dhaka that only impractical people sit in cars. You walk. You know, the first day, I said, take me to all your friends and let's look for a place we can rent for church. We walked from around 10 in the morning to around 6 in the evening. We walked on railway lines. We walked on stones. We walked on rocks. We walked through water. In the capital, not on a safari. In the capital. The first day, when we got home, I checked my phone. We had walked 17,200 steps. The next day when I checked my phone, 19,800 steps. The next day I checked my phone, 60,000. He came again the phone and said, they are not going. <laughs> the fourth day I said, if I go, I'll die. Hey! <laughs> it is hard work. I was there for eight days. At the end, no, I was there for five days. My first trip was five days from, man, from Monday to Saturday. On the Friday, the day before I left, we had our first service and I told them that this is the first service of Lighthouse Chapel, Bangladesh. We sat there. We were four, 14 sitting down. Friends, shared the word of God, prayed, taught them the grace. There was a translator. It is hard work. Yes. Witness, follow up. Go from house to house. If you are proud, you cannot start a church. If you are proud, you cannot start a church. If you are proud, you cannot start a church. If you are practical, you can start many churches. For me, the easiest thing to do is to start churches. You just need to work hard. You know, I was in Angola. We are about to close with Apostle Kingsley JC, one of the great apostles of our time. Yes. And as I lived with him and I saw him working, in three years, he's been in Angola for three years. Within three years, I was talking to him last, the Saturday before the um, lockdown. His attendance was 520. In three years. You should see him. 
He has two crusades every week. Every week for the last three years. Why won't his church grow? There are young boys in his church. Babies, teenagers, adolescents, young men, old women. All in his church. From hard work. Witnessing and follow up. Witnessing and follow up. Not by staying at home to watch movies. Number nine. Mistakes to avoid. One of the greatest problems that traps people when they start churches is a need to hurriedly appoint people. You see, once you appoint someone, it creates offense when you demote the person. So when you appoint someone, you should be sure that the person should be somebody who can permanently be there until you can only promote the person. Otherwise, you will offend the person and remember that when the person leaves, you live with other people that he has spoken bad things about the church way. You know, in the little marketing I did, there's a saying that when you gain a customer, you have gained two more customers. And when you lose a customer, you have lost ten customers. So it is better for you not to do things that, will, that you have to reverse later. And then as people are offended, you lose more people than you've gained. I mean, think about it. It is so difficult to get church members. Why should you do something in a hurry? Remember that we read in the past that he that hastens to be rich does not know that he has an evil eye and shall have poverty enough. In the third of church starting, when you are quick and you hurriedly appoint people to positions with a mind that giving them positions will secure them. The Bible says that you will have poverty enough and in the church world, it means that your church is going to finish. Poverty is to have lack. You, if you do that, you have a lack of church members. So take your time. Look, like I said, you are in this for the long haul. It's like running 1,500 meters or 10,000 meters. Don't be quick. Take your time and do things the right way. Finally, things you don't need to start a church. Things you don't need to start a church. Number one, you don't need a flag. <laughs> church flag. To show that you have arrived. You don't need a church coat of arms. To show that you are a man of God. You don't need a briefcase. To show that you are a real anointed minister. Filled with the Holy Ghost. You don't need a complimentary card. To show that you have arrived. You need the Holy Spirit. Yes. And depending, but depending on the country you are in. You may need a church constitution or not. Most countries allow for freedom of religion. But what it also is that when your church grows beyond a certain size, it will catch the attention of the church. And the Bible says that if a man strives for mastery, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. So whatever country in which you are, it is important to also know the rules and regulations and the laws of the country. And abide by them also in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. It is also important when we are sending missionaries that they be aware of cultural differences that exist in countries so they don't offend the cultures they are going into. That is why Jesus became a man and the Bible says that and he dwelt among us to know how it is like practically to be a human being. Amen. What a blessing. What a blessing today has been. How to start a church. How to start a church. Remember I'm saying that this lockdown and this pandemic shop is coming to an end. 
countries are reopening again god is giving us another opportunity it is we are entering a season of church planting the grace of god is made available for church planting and i pray dear pastor that you will engage your church in church planting last year i met the head of missions of one of the prominent churches in ghana and um, he told me he had just been made the head of missions and he i've known him from the university so he was i mean he knows i've been a career missionary so we're talking and he, he asked me what advice i have for him and i told him that you know god has put you in this position of responsibility so send missionaries and i told him send missionaries everywhere i told him don't pray send don't think send and i told him doors are closing into countries and you know as i look back i told him that even in africa soon doors will close to many countries in africa i didn't know the pandemic was coming but i just told him that even in africa soon we may not be able to send missionaries again the way we are so as god has given you this chance send send and i've got to talk again send 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 don't think send now who can go anywhere if you are watching me i said the morning will come again we are at dawn the sun is rising god is going to give us another opportunity but remember that the that the watchman said the morning comes and the night comes again this thing we are in it will happen again it will happen again i don't know when but it will happen again that we will not be able to do change the way we are doing it again the morning has come the day star has shown in our hearts let us start churches pastor train your people to start churches train them and say train and say train and send train and send train and send train if you are watching me send start 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 one day it will be over hallelujah let us pray our father in heaven oh what manner of love you bestowed on us that we should be engaged and be joint heirs with christ that sinners like us can be counted worthy of being engaged to start churches we thank you that you will help us to work worthy of the calling to start churches specifically to start churches not to give offerings to start churches not to fast to start churches not to clean the church but to start churches not to sing to start churches that this particular high calling to start churches shall be placed in our hands and i pray help us to be faithful help us to be faithful with this calling we promise lift up your hands wherever you are every lifting every lifting every lifting of hands commit yourself to god say i will train and sing i will train and say if you're a pastor watching me from brazil from angola argentina paraguay I see South America. I see South America. I see South America. I see South America. If you are watching me from there, every lifting, say, I will train and send. I will train and send. I see South America. I pray for Asia. 
I pray for Asia, Southeast Asia, Central Asia, the Far East, Mokalu Semakaloba. Let the atmosphere be cleared. I see the sun shining. I see the sun shining. I hear the word opportunity. I hear the word opportunity. Nure shabuka palibo sima kolaba sume kalilaba. Nure, 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 shaluka suka. I see the sun shining over Asia. 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 I see a bright shining over Asia. Kaluka shukeba. The day star has arisen over Asia. No kelo simo semakaya. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for great blessing. In Jesus' mighty name. Tomorrow. Why is your church not growing? Why? I don't understand why your church is not growing. Because through the principles in this book, for the last few years, every hall I've ever gone to start a church in, I've filled the hall. I don't understand why your church is not growing. <laughs> you see, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 and 4, it says, By wisdom is a house built, by understanding it is established, and by knowledge, by knowledge, by knowledge, by knowledge, by knowledge, its rooms are filled. By knowledge, its rooms are filled with all good and pleasant or precious things it is the knowledge you have that determines how full your churches it's as simple as that unless the bible is not true he said by knowledge its rooms are filled tomorrow i'll be sharing with you 13 special principles for church growth yeah with those principles your church will grow there's no reason why your church is not growing you don't have a good reason why your church is not growing. Amen. And tomorrow, I will put the key of wisdom, the key of knowledge, the key of knowledge. I'll put the key of knowledge in your hand. That will open the door into your church being filled. When the pandemic ends, with this knowledge, armed with this, the, see, the Bible says that arm yourselves therefore with this mind. <laughs> your church will grow. Make sure you are here tomorrow, 10 a.m. GMT. Invite a pastor friend. Call the pastor friend who is struggling for his church to grow. That tomorrow, the key of knowledge will be put in his hands. And remember that if you want any book, any product, the Macarius set of 60 books by Bishop Dyke Mills, the Manthano, the set of 12 textbooks about the ministry, you want the set of 13 new books, you want the um, Macané, the set of camp meetings by Bishop Dagwood Mills. You want the Poimano, the set of teachings, the Bosco, the Ugalizo, everything you want, everything you want, the um, uh, Macane Center special messages, anything you want on the or from the Dagwood Mills ministries, just send a text message to the number on your screen, plus 23350. Plus 233 is the country code for Ghana. Five zero seven three nine eight 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 nine. People are standing by to process your order and get them to you. You can also get all the messages of Bishop Dagwood Mills on podcast free of charge. 
you know you just go to podcast addict or to play store sorry to podcast addict in play store or on the apple podcast app you just search for that keyword bills or you know what just go into your google chrome window or your safari window and type in that keyword bills you see the podcast will come up and just click on it you get all the messages free we are not here for money we are here to be a blessing to you and may the peace of god that passes all understanding keep and guard your heart in christ jesus until tomorrow when we come your way again 10 a.m gmt may the peace of god be with you may the blessings of god be with you may the seed of this word sown in your heart bring forth abundant fruit jesus name i pray amen god bless you have a blessed day special day see you tomorrow bye bye